Watching Leafs podcast, Playoffs Edition. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's Nick D'Souza and Kevin Papetti. Welcome to the Everything Leafs podcast. I'm Kevin Papetti here with Nick D'Souza as always. Nick, we haven't recorded for a while. It's been about a month and a half, but surprisingly, I don't know if you can believe this, the Leafs are going to play Tampa in the first round. Are you shocked? Are you surprised? What's what's your reaction? Yeah, we probably knew about this, what, like October, October 3rd, October 4th. We could have told you slated in Tampa, Toronto. It just the last like three months, even four months, it's just felt like almost exhibition games before we get to the real games, uh, which start on Tuesday. So, yeah, it's definitely not. There's been things that were uh, less predictable this year, to say the least. Yeah, and I know. Obviously, we had a we had a podcast after the trade deadline, so we covered the O'Reilly trade. We covered Jake McCabe. I'd say, like, obviously O'Reilly had that injury, but really not much has changed. I guess we've got to see kind of who works with who, different line combinations. But I don't I don't think other than maybe the Murray injury, we we have any breaking news since then. And the way Joseph Wall's playing, the Murray injury doesn't seem like a huge deal at this point. So really just, I guess it was the dog days of the season, we're through that, and now we have a, an interesting and high-stakes playoff run coming up for the Leafs. Uh, the lineup was out today, Nick. What was, the, what was like the first thing that jumped out to you with the lineup? Was there any surprises, or is it pretty much as you expected? In terms of what I expected, it's exactly what I expected. You know, when you look at what Keith went with last year in Game 1, um, he went with Simmons, he went with Clifford on that fourth line. He, he came out in the media before saying that there was going to be borderline violence in that uh, series, and especially early in the series. And I think his lineups really reflected that. This year, I mean, the, the big decision was going to be between Luke Shen and Timothy Lilligren, and the other one would be between Matthew Nyes, who's been really impressive, actually, in the three games that he's played with Toronto, and Sam Lafferty, who was missing the last little bit of the season due to uh, a, you know a minor injury and some personal reasons. But... I think those were the two main decisions. Um, Keith went with Shen over Lilligren. I don't think that's very surprising. I do think Lilligren is in a little bit of a, I wouldn't say it's a slump, um, but I just I just like what Luke Shen's brought to the table. I like actually somewhat like him being with Riley. Um, the numbers aren't that great with them, but I think that's fine. And then the other one is with uh, Lafferty over Nyes. Now, obviously, Nyes has only played three games. With the Leafs, I think he's been pretty impressive. Um, my personal lineup would have Nyes over Lafferty, but I completely understand why Keith would have him there. I mean, I, I just think that Tampa's going to come very physical. They're going to be, they're almost more physical and a little bit more dirty than they were last year. So I would expect them to take some runs at Nyes and really give him kind of have uh, give him a tough time in Game One. So I'm not surprised that they're going with a safer lineup, getting Lafferty, a guy that's been in the NHL for a lot longer so it, I know that this was pretty close to what I know you tweeted the other day saying what you expected I think it was pretty close to what Keith did right I, I mean I feel like this wasn't that it was pretty predictable what Keith was going to do in game one if he does go with that yeah I, I think I didn't really have like crazy preferences like where I'm you know, I think last year I, I was definitely not in favor of having Clifford and Simmons in the lineup. This year, I don't know if I'm as passionate. I think Lilligren kind of had, had a rough second half for the most part. 
you know, I don't think I, I don't have a ton of confidence in Riley Shen either, but you know, I don't I don't know if I have a ton of confidence in Riley Lilligren, maybe a little bit more. Um, I, so I, I don't know, maybe I'd prefer Lilligren, but I, I just don't know what way I would have went. I think that was kind of a toss up. And then looking at the forwards, you know, Nyes had that really bad turnover in his first game. And once that happened, I was like, oh, I don't think he's playing. Um, sure, maybe he can, you know, step in at some point. We'll see if he plays. We'll see how the series goes. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets in. But, um, you know, I don't know if it would have been Lafferty. I don't know if it would have been Zach Aston Reese. I do think that they wanted to, to go with that checking line of Aston Reese, Camp, Lafferty. And, I mean, you could have bumped Achari down. You could have bumped Kelly Arncroke or Alex Kerfoot down to the fourth line and moved Nyes up. But uh, I, I think the lineup's per- perfectly fine in terms of, you know, the 18, four, the 18 players that are playing. I think really the big question I had was whether, whether Ryan O'Reilly was going to drive his own line in the bottom six or whether he was going to, Sheldon Keefe would stack the second line. That was really the, the key question I had when, when I was waiting for the lines. And I don't, I don't know if I have a huge preference either way about it, but when we talk about X-Factors, Nick, my number one X-Factor, like, in terms of, like, guys at the bottom of the lineup is Nolachari. Because if you look at his numbers since since getting traded here, I think he's at, like, 59% expected goals. And if he can drive his own line, like, I don't think he's going to do that against a, a top team against Tampa. But if he's above water, if, if that third line can outscore or just go even against Tampa... Um, then it really sets up your, you know, your that second line that's that's pretty stacked. Let's face it, Tavares, O'Reilly, Nylander, you know, that's kind of in the competition to be Toronto's first line. At least it should be, uh, because they have you know three good players rather than just you know two and and a bit of a passenger on the on the left side on the first line. So uh, I, I do think that it's going to be an interesting, interesting to see how it how it shakes out. But I think Achari. That Achari, Kerfoot, Yarncroke line, whether you want to just call it Achari as the X Factor or the whole line, that's really the line I'm, I'm looking for. Because if that line can have success, I like Toronto's top six more than Tampa's top six. But the trade-off is, is that Toronto's bottom six isn't really anything special right now, right? If you have the option to go special in your bottom six, they're not doing that. They're going to try to go special in their top six. Interesting strategy. We'll see if it works out. I don't know what way I would have went. I'm kind of torn. We haven't seen a ton of O'Reilly because of that injury, but uh, I'm really going to keep an eye on Toronto's third line just because if Kerfoot, Yarncroke, Achari can win their minutes, the Leafs are going to be a heavy favorite. I think when I look at this year's lineup versus last year's playoff lineup, and especially earlier in the year, you and I talked about, especially when they traded Engvall, it was, can they get a guy who... You can start mostly in the defensive zone who can still be above water in the bottom six because that's virtually what Engvall and Mikheyev were. Like Engvall was very, sorry, Mikheyev was excellent last year. They had him like 35, 40% in the defensive zone in terms of defensive zone starts. Um, and he was still turning out, you know, 55, 56% in expected goals and five on five. And that's virtually what Achari is doing right now. He's doing that. He's also adding the grit. He's, I think he has three goals at five on five right now. Like he's been scoring goals as well uh, since he came to the team. So I also like that as an X factor. Um, I'll get to my X factor later when we get into the top six, but I, I do like that too. I mean, my, the third line for me, like 
in terms of O'Reilly in the top six or bottom six, I, I think that they're going to have O'Reilly on the third line in Tampa. When you don't control the matchups, I think it makes sense to have, you know, pretty much either Matthews, Tavares, O'Reilly on the ice for as much as you can during the game. Uh, you never really have a bad defensive lineup on the ice. Um, you're not really going to get caught. Where last year, like if Simmons and Clifford are on the ice against Point Sorelli, like you're kind of scared. Whereas this year, if even if you have the camp line on, like they're very good defensively, so I'm not that afraid in terms of you know kind of getting getting scored on the same way as i was last year but i i i think that means you don't put o'reilly on the third line because i feel perfectly comfortable with achari kerfoot yarncroak defensively so i i think it's going to be more about you know is the o'reilly second line scoring because they have to score there's so much there's so much resources in terms of like cap space on that line if they're not scoring you almost have to break them up but I, I guess I do think it'll be just a matter of, you know, are they scoring? If yes, they stay together, even even though they go to Tampa. If they're not scoring, they're probably broken up, regardless of matchup. The one thing I like about this lineup, Nick, is, like, I think as you alluded to, like, there's not really a line that needs to be sheltered, and I think that's why Keith partially is putting O'Reilly in the top six, because he doesn't want to shelter Tavares Nylander. Um, he could down the line. Tavares Nylander isn't really the best duo defensively, but uh, right now it just feels like they have four lines they can trust. Yeah, definitely, definitely more than than in the past. But let's talk about uh, Lafferty versus Nyes. Like, do you? How do you feel about that decision in the first place? Do you understand? Do you kind of get where keeps coming from? Was that what you would do? Y- yeah, I think so. Like, I we haven't seen enough of Nyes. Like, unfortunately, in even the games he played, I mean, the Florida Florida cared in that game because they had a playoff spot on the line, but. The Tampa game, the Rangers game, like neither team really cared all that much. Uh, obviously, Nyes cares, but you know Nyes is probably exhausted because he just went to the finals and with the University of Minnesota, and then that just gets thrown into the NHL. So I don't, I don't know. I think it's a it's a tough ask for him to just come in and, and dominate. I do think I think this was, uh, you know, I've seen this point made by a few people. Like it's probably easier if you bring him in rather than take him out, just like his confidence wise. Um, I, I think the Lafferty thing, like, Lafferty has a very specific role in that he's going to be, like, fast, he can sc- score shorthanded, if he's in the defensive zone, he can go and, and score a rush goal. Uh, I think he's a perfectly fine player. I, I think, you know, obviously I don't think Nyes would play with Camp and Aston Reese. Like, it's a different role for him. No. So uh, it doesn't bother me at all. I wouldn't be surprised if Nyes came in. He looked pretty good, wins a lot of puck battles. You know, if you're if one of your top three lines is producing, you can add him to the lineup. But I do think that that fourth line is is meant to be a, a really a defensive zone start line. They shouldn't play much. They really shouldn't play much, especially if they're losing. Um, but yeah, the question for me is going to be how's that t- how's that third line do? Can they produce offensively? Because we've seen Kelly Arncroak in the bottom six this year, and it hasn't been great, right? Like he has not had strong results in the bottom six. It's interesting that that's what Keith is doing. Um, you know, if Ryan O'Reilly was a third line center, then it would be a different story because O'Reilly's not really a bottom six center versus Achari is like a legitimate bottom six center. He's not a top six player, Noel Achari. So I trust that line defensively, but can they get in the offensive zone? Can they score a little bit? I know you said Mikhaev was great last year, but he didn't really produce offensively. And Mikhaev was also starting in the top six because the lines were so weird. But yeah, I think just for game one and two, but yeah. 
I, I don't know. Like, you look at... They're definitely deeper than they have been in the past, but I haven't exactly loved Sheldon Keith's playoff lineups in the past. Like, we've seen Joe Thornton on the top power play. We've seen Simmons and Clifford. We saw Nylander at center a couple of years. Um, part of that's been injuries, but there has been some interesting coaching decisions come playoff time. Uh, I just hope they don't galaxy brain it. Like, I hope they put out some of their best lineups. Uh, you know, I think we'll see the, the game one, game two, what lines are succeeding, which ones don't, and then there'll be some changes made because of that. But obviously in an ideal world, the Leafs just steamroll Tampa in game one, keep the same lineup, happens again, keep the same lineup. That's the ideal world. Hopefully there aren't many lineup changes. Like, it's probably a good sign for the Leafs if Nyes doesn't play at all or if he doesn't play till like, game five or game six. Yeah, I mean, I guess when it comes to Keefe, I just hope that any lineup or any line combination that we see is something that we've seen throughout the year um, that, that's already been tried before. I, I think what confuses me sometimes is when um, Keefe's definitely not scared of trying new things throughout the regular season and experimenting, and I think that's awesome. I think that's what makes him a really good coach, or one of the things. But one thing in the playoffs is he does kind of introduce new lines like i know against columbus we randomly saw tavares matthew martin matthews marner um like something we didn't really see all year so that's one thing i just don't really want to see a new line in this playoff series i think they have a good sample of a number of different combinations whether that's yarn in the top six or bunting in the in on the third line or or anything like that so i, I think they have enough evidence there to go with something they've gone with before um in terms of Yarncroke in the bottom six, I mean, I think it's a little bit blown out of proportion. Like, I think it's pretty obvious that he's going to have better results in the top six. I think the same thing can be said about Bunting. The same thing can be said about Kerfoot. Um, but pretty much someone has to play on that third line, like whether it's Kerfoot, whether it's Yarncroke. So I like Yarncroke on that third line. I think that's the Achari, Yarncroke, Kerfoot line is going to be okay. Um, I like the speed of you know both the wingers there. I think they're going to be able to get behind the Tampa defense um, in a four-checking role. And I, I think Achari is going to allow them to not get pushed around too much. So I think overall, I think this is probably the right decision from Keefe to go with in game one. And then after that, we'll see what happens. But I definitely do expect some some adjustments from game to game. Uh, you know, I don't think this one is going to be a sweep, that's for sure. Well, if you think about the lineup at the start of the season, like it, it felt very top six, bottom six, right? Because, you know, to start the season, I think they actually had Yarn Crook at center, and like that line was getting destroyed. And then you had David Camp, who was kind of your third line at the time, and he really felt like a fourth line. Like it felt like they had two fourth lines for the longest time. Obviously, with some of the moves they've made, that they've added so much depth. Um, so that's why I think it's it's really going to be key to see what Achari does because so far the Achari, at least from expected goals, you know the Leafs have been really winning those minutes. Whether it's, he's been on the with, with camp, whether he's been with different line mates, it seems to work. That's why I like him as an X factor, just because if that third line can have some degree of success, I do think that Toronto's top six looks awfully good when you put O'Reilly in it, right? So I see why Keith is doing it. I think it's a, a reasonable strategy, and I think as you said, Nick, like. We want to see things that we've seen in the regular season. Like, there's definitely been some questionable decisions come playoff time. I think he's a good coach. I think he's you know often makes a lot of decisions that make sense. I think come playoff time, we've seen some some of his most questionable decisions over his time here at come in the playoffs. So I don't know. I, I I think it's when you have this depth, when you have this lineup, 
mean, I tweeted out the, the prior game one playoff lineups, and there's just so many more options. I think O'Reilly just gives you so much flexibility. Obviously, you can move Tavares to center uh, if you need to, and you can go, you know, three deep. But if Achari can have success there, I really like this Leafs lineup. So I think the third line's key for me. I think we kind of know what the camp line's going to do. Like, they're going to play very boring hockey. They're not going to score much. I'd be shocked if, like, that camp line is scoring a ton. Um, we kind of know, I mean, we don't know what the top six is going to do, but I think we have plenty of reasons to be confident in like what Matthews Marner can do and what that second line can do. I think the third line is, is a bit questionable because we haven't really seen that line or at least much of it. And then they don't really have a star who can drive play, right? Like they do have, you know, it's kind of more of a balanced approach. But I do trust them defensively. So can that line chip in a few goals? I don't know if the fourth line will, but maybe the third line can. I guess we'll see. Um, the other thing, Nick, I think is the that I really like about this Leafs lineup is that McKay-Brody pairing. I've loved it. They've been excellent defensively. Uh, Brody's been one of the best defensive defensemen in the NHL this year. And then Jake McCabe, he has the size. He has the strength. He has the speed to, to really match up against anyone. So when I look at Tampa and I look at their lineup – uh, really, the they have one dominant line right now. I think they're going to start with Stamkos, Point, and Kucherov. And I want that pairing out there every chance they get. So if you could shut down that line, if that pairing can continue to have success, um, I really like the Leafs' chances. That's I think that's a, a just a key pairing for the Leafs in general. And then it's going to be, you know, behind them, I do think they have questions. I don't know if Giordano Hall is the best second pairing. I don't know if what to expect from Riley Shen at this point, but Tampa's pretty top-heavy right now. I don't think they have the same middle six they've had in the past, at least results-wise, in the season. So hopefully the Leafs can take advantage of that. Yeah, so let, let's get into the let's get into the D here. So I think one of the big things was who Riley was going to play with. Um, with Luke Shen... I think it has less to do, you know, playing him with Shen less to less has less to do with the actual success of that pairing in itself and more to do with how good McCabe and Brody has looked, um, especially against top competition. And, and you can kind of use them in all situations. I, I like them in the offensive zone. I like them in their transition D. They can play against top uh, competition. You can play them when they're with the lead or even when you're trailing. So I like that combination a lot. I think going with them as a base makes sense. I think Giordano Hall has been, you know, fine. I think you can also put them against the second line and, and they'll be able to, to be above water, okay, which would be okay. And then Riley Shen, I mean, I like it more than I liked, you know, the, the whole pairing, especially when Riley and Brody are together. I just don't really like how what that does to the other pairing. So I think Riley Shen is okay i think a lot of it really has to do with how morgan riley plays um if we get playoff riley or you know the riley that we got in the montreal series because he was very very good in that series last year a little bit more 50 50 in terms of um his on ice results at five on five but he did have three big goals so you know riley is the type of player that seems to step up in the playoffs and you know sheldon keith made a comment saying that him and him and austin matthews have been kind of you know, waiting for this moment to, to step up their game. So I think a lot of that pairing success has to do with how Riley plays. Um, I think you know what you're going to get with Luke Shen. I mean, he's, he's not a great puck mover. Is he the fastest guy? No. 
but I mean, he's the human eraser. I, I mean, I've, I've never seen a nickname that's so appropriate for a player because um, if he's able to get a hold of someone, he's, he's going to shut them down. So I think you know what you're going to get from Shen. So I don't know if I agree. I think you'd rather play Logan. I think Shen's or? a big wild card here. No, I just think Shen's a big wild card here because I can definitely see a world where he gets burned, right? Like, that's why you don't know what you're going to get. Like, he could be, you know, just the defensive presence Riley needs and, and you have a perfectly fine player, or he could get completely burned because he's not a good puck mover. He's going to turn it over, even if it is more lower risk. Um, that's going to hurt in terms of possession. And then, you know, can a guy like Colton or Hagel with their speed off the rush get around him and... Does he look like a defensive liability out there? Um, he is, you know, a sixth defenseman, yeah. I think we can say, right? Like, no one's going to call him a second-pairing guy. So I do think that I'm a little worried about Shen. I don't mind starting him. I'm kind of curious to see how he does. I could see a world where he has a really good se- series and looks like a perfect playoff player when, you know, some calls don't get made come playoff time, hopefully. Um, he is the type that might get away with a penalty or two, but I just don't know what to expect hmm. from him, I guess. Yeah, I mean... I think we're arguing the same point. I I don't see him making like a huge I see him putting it off the glass or, or something like that and, and the Leafs spending the rest of their time in their own zone. Um I don't see him like making a huge turnover that leads straight to a goal though. I mean I, it's just one of those things where no, he's it's more speed on the rush. Like he's Yeah, but burned. I also see Riley getting burned on the rush too. Like he's not a great transition player either. Well, yeah, but now we're getting to the whole pairing as a whole, right? Like, I remember Roman Polak against Pittsburgh in the final the one year. Like, he just got burned by speed. That's my concern with, with Shen. I don't know if it's a lock to happen. I hope it's not, but I do have, like, legitimate concerns there, I guess. I guess for them, it's like, that's your third word. That's your third best defensive pairing in terms of defensively, even though, like, I, I definitely trust Giordano Hall and McKay Brody over Riley Shen when it comes to, you know, just keeping the puck out of your net and keeping the puck out of your zone. So, I mean, they're going to have to be sheltered. Like, I don't want to see them against Point and and Sorelli, um, and definitely not against Kucherov and, and Stamkos. So they're definitely your third best pairing, I would say, um, which is why Shen's the, the, the sixth best uh, defenseman. I don't know. Like, he keeps done a decent job. Like, I don't see Shen getting more than 15 minutes at 5-on-5. No, which, which just, really. do they get burned? Because that pairing could definitely get burned. They definitely have the potential to. And, you know, I, I'm not going to – I don't want to rag on Chen too much. I think we just we, – we know his weaknesses. Yeah. We know what could happen there. We also know his strengths. Like, as you said, he's, he's going to be probably less less prone to a really bad turnover than something like Lilligren would be. But I'm really looking at Morgan Riley here because he's in the first year of an eight-year deal. Mm-hmm. got a full no move clause making seven and a half million he's gonna be playing on the third pair like you better drive a successful third pair if you're gonna be a seven and a half million dollar third pair defenseman so i think it's a huge series for riley he better produce good results um he is gonna get you know easier minutes it looks like i think riley's definitely a, a first pairing defenseman if you're losing and a third pairing defenseman if you're winning um if if his minutes get cut because the Leafs have a lead i don't think anyone's gonna complain uh, if, if he's getting third pair of minutes because the Leafs take an early lead, or if, if the Leafs are down, he better be playing big minutes, right? That's kind of how it works for him. But overall, whether it's whether he's with Shen, whether he's with Lilligren, not that Timmons is going to play or Gustafson's going to play, but even if he was with those guys, like I expect 
strong results, the Leafs to win those minutes because if he's getting those easier matchups, he has to take advantage, right? Like that's what we've seen guys like Lilligren, Sandine, even Dermott do in the regular season. You need Riley to be kind of the playoff version of that. Someone that's, you know, 58% expected goals. Even though it's Tampa, if he's getting the easier minutes, they need him to kind of step up there. So I think that's, I think we're kind of aligned there. That's the, that's yeah. the same pair we're most concerned about. Yeah, 100%. I, I guess my big thing is, like, that's this is kind of, for me, the optimal lineup. Like, I, I think Riley Lilligren is probably better if you're losing, but I, I just don't know what you do with Riley at this point. I think this is the best way to do it. Um, you know, at least having Shen there, you know it's going to be someone who's going to stay back if, if Riley has a bad pinch or something like that, and you hope a forward covers. I, ju- I just think after seeing other pairings like I, I didn't like riley hall i don't like what riley brody does to the rest of the pairings and then i don't know if riley Lilligren's a great solution right now so i think riley shen is just something we're gonna have to kind of live with at this point um yeah. but yeah no i do think that we're aligned there um, i think sheldon keith needs a win in terms of like picking the right guy because in the, in the past it hasn't really worked out like you look at last year his kind of big decision was that fourth line going with scratching Spezza and going with Simmons Clifford and it really didn't work out I think even like if you look at previous years some of the lineup decisions we've seen it hasn't worked out he's been wrong most of the time I think it would be nice I think he needs a win right so hopefully Shen comes out looks like the steady presence that Riley needs and that line has great results so that's 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 what we'll hope for um you know to defend him there he did go like Spezza Kasha Blackwell was the fourth line pretty much from game three on. So yeah, I mean, but, but why not game one? No, hundred like, percent. You won't you you won't get an argument about that. And why me. Joe Thornton on power play one? And why <laughs> John Tavares goes to the first line wing against Columbus? Like, there's been plenty of iffy decisions or questionable decisions. Obviously, when you haven't won a playoff series, it's going to look b- bad. Like, there's but at some point we need like a, a win for Sheldon Keith where. It's a 50-50 decision, something like Lafferty versus Nyes, and then we all go, oh, yeah, that was the right decision, right? Like, that's what I'm hoping for is game three. Everyone's going, oh, yeah, you got to play Lafferty because he had two great games. Same with Luke Shen. So those borderline guys, let's hope they have big series. Let's get into one, though. This this one is the most iffy decision for me when it comes to the lineup for Keith, and that's the power play. Like, I don't know if they're going to go with it in the end, but... Right now, they have O'Reilly on the first power play um, with the usual suspects, Matthews, Marner, um, Riley, and then O'Reilly. Having William Nylander on the second power play, like, what, are your, what are your overall thoughts about that? Um, and then I'll get into it after that. I don't have any crazy thoughts here. I think it's... I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't work if they go to Nylander game two or even like three power plays in. Um... I, I think the staples, like the power play runs through Tavares this year. He has the most shots. He has the most points. Um, Marner is a pass-first player. He's going to be looking for everyone else. Matthews is going to be Matthews. I think O'Reilly, you know, has a ton of success in the middle in his career. He can tip pucks. Um, we saw Marner have a lot of success with a left-hand shot in Kadri. So you know, you're kind of hoping that, you know, in the middle of the 1-3-1 that that works. Um, I do think that Nylander could probably elevate the second power play unit more than O'Reilly, but I don't expect the second power play unit to, to, to really play much. So 
I, I don't really have strong thoughts about that. Um, you know, I, 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 it wouldn't shock me if this power play looks outstanding. It wouldn't shock me if it doesn't. And, you know, one reason is they have two of the best penalty killers on the planet, and that's obviously Andre Vasilevsky. Your goalie's always your best penalty killer. But if you look at Victor Hedman's numbers on the – shorthanded like he's excellent like at preventing chances and you know the guy's massive it doesn't surprise me um so it, it, it I, I i'm not someone who has really strong opinions about this i just think that it'll change quickly if it's not working yeah well i hope so i i mean i i just think i don't think o'reilly's a bad player at all obviously i just think nylander has been really good on that power play this year um i could see it changing soon um, that's all I'll say there. I mean, I just think their power play needs to be really good this series. Um, I know I saw a tweet saying that showing the power play and or its lack of productivity in the game five, game six, and game seven in the past couple years, and I think it's like over it's like over fifteen or twenty power play opportunities in the last like three or four years. So it's definitely something that there's going to be a ton of penalties. There's going to be a lot of rough stuff in this this series i think refing in general is going to be a huge huge topic um just like it was last year but i think even more so this year just watching tampa in the last two to three months um and the way they play and, and just what the leafs did at the the deadline to get a lot tougher so i think borderline penalties and just penalties in general is going to be a huge topic and when the leafs are on the power play i think they definitely need to make it count because they haven't really been it hasn't really been a strong suit in the past couple of years so I just hope that they get the power play right because um, that's going to be a huge part of the series here. Yeah, so again, like I'm looking at the numbers at 5-on-4. So Nylander had 25 power play points this year. O'Reilly had 5. And that's that's not in the same minutes. So it's, you know, Nylander probably played 3 times the amount. So maybe it's more like 25 to 15 if you prorated it. Is that 5-on-4? Okay. 5-on-4. I was yeah. looking at 28 here. So I don't think it's, again, I don't think it's a huge, you know, what are you doing to Sheldon Keefe? Like O'Reilly is a played on Team Canada best on best competition. Like he's very good in the middle of the 1-3-1. One, one. That's his role. Um, I don't have a problem with it at all. It's just Keefe needs yeah. a win. I, right? I just think it's one of those things where it's like O'Reilly's played, you know, 13 games with the Leafs. And, like, how many of those on the first power play? Maybe, like, five, let's say? Not even? Um, it, it just, it's just an odd move. Like, Nylander's been good this past, like, two weeks. Um, it's just one of those moves where it's like, I don't I don't know if we really have the sample to, to make that decision. But, again, I mean, I don't think it's going to be in stone for seven games. So, just one of those things. Yeah. They might think O'Reilly's better in the middle of the 1-3-1 one, one than Nylander is, but... Yeah, as you mentioned, like we've seen way more of Nylander there. It it seems to work well. Uh, I don't know if they want to go a different look because I don't know. But even Nylander was pretty good on the power play last year, so I don't. Again, I don't have huge thoughts. I would have probably went Nylander and not changed it. I don't know why he did change it, but I could see it working. I, I, I and I could see it not working. So I think either way, like if whether it was Nylander there to start or O'Reilly, if it if it didn't work, I think they would have just switched them up after a couple games. That might be what happens, but. Hopefully, uh, hopefully O'Reilly just looks yeah. outstanding there. I guess is, is the plan. But I, I, I think the Leafs, the power play is the power play, right? Like it's going to be Matthews Marner. You know, you're going to have Riley on the back end. 
Uh, you know you're going to have Tavares. I think it's going to be a very similar year after year. The penalty kill looks very strong this year. Like Adding a guy like McCabe is going to help. Um, they just have so many different forwards that can kill penalties. Um, having Acharya as a right-handed face-off guy, having Camp, having Ryan O'Reilly as another face-off guy. You know, you can go, it feels like everyone on the team can kill penalties pretty much, except for, you know, two, three guys up front. Um, so I, I do think that the special teams at least look better. I think you look at the goaltending with Samsonov, you have faith that he can be better than Campbell, at least there's a lot of reasons to believe that. Uh, obviously, goaltender is always going to be the, the biggest X factor in any series. But I, I'm curious about that second line, Nick, because who do you think is matching up against Kucherov Point? You think it's going to go Matthews and go power on power? Or you think they're going to go O'Reilly as a former Selkie winner? I think they're going Matthews. Yeah, I think they, they want to keep Matthews away from sorelli um, because I mean game three and four last year where they virtually saw a ton of each other sorelli and, and point were really good against Matthews so I, I think keeps probably gonna want to stay away from that I think going Matthews versus Kucherov is a is a good kind of alternative there yeah I think if Matthews is Matthews like if he's his old self like heart trophy winner Matthews that makes sense uh, he hasn't been the same offensively this year but that second line with O'Reilly Nylander and uh, Tavares, they should score. Like, that is a line that should score. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier that you had an X Factor in the top six. I wanted to get, I wanted to, you, you teased us with it. Why don't you let us know who that is? Uh, it's O'Reilly. I mean, it wasn't, it's not that, uh, yeah. not that crazy, but um, O'Reilly with the honorable mention of, of Nylander. I, I think O'Reilly just how, you know, you can have him on in literally all situations. He's going to play a ton. Um, he's going to be good on the penalty kill. He's on power play one right now. And I just think when the Leafs have a lead, having you know a, a player that's so good in, in O'Reilly on the ice, other than Matthews and, and Marner, obviously, I think that's so important. I don't think they've had that, just an elite player other than Matthews or elite center that can also play like those defensive draws. Um, and that's no disrespect to Tavares, but you know at this point in his career, I think at center, he's not the type of guy that you want late in the game, um, especially when you have Matthews or O'Reilly on the ice. Honorable mention to William Nylander, because I, I think it's going to be a really tight series. I think, you know, in terms of just, like, how tight checking it's going to be, and I think Nylander's speed can really stretch out Tampa. Um, I think his speed and, and just his finishing ability, his ability to gain breakaways, uh, is, is really going to shine through in this series. And um, Tampa's defense last year wasn't the quickest, and I think they've gone e even slower this year. So I think Nylander's speed is going to be pretty important. So I mentioned my X-Factor was Achari just because I think that third line I have questions about. And I think, you know, he's had good results by expected goals. So there's some reason to think that it could continue. But my top six X-Factor is someone different. It's actually John Tavares. So I think I have faith in Matthews Marner. Like I kind of know what to expect from them. You know, whether or not the puck goes in is going to be obviously the biggest question, but... Uh, Matthews is a you know a fantastic player. Marner really showed up last year. That line had a ton of success. Uh, Matthews had seven five on five points in last year's playoffs. Um, Nylander always seems to find a way to put the puck in the net come playoff time. So I didn't put him as my X factor. I think O'Reilly. I kind of know what to expect, although I didn't mind that pick just because you don't. I don't. I don't know. Just coming off an injury, you know. I guess there are some questions there with O'Reilly, and maybe didn't have the best season. 
but for me, Tavares is, is kind of twofold. One is that the power plays run through him this year. I think in previous years it's been more Matthews, but he's had a ton of success on the power play. Like Other than McDavid Dreisaitl, like in terms of primary points, that guy is scoring in bunches. Um, and you look at the Leafs in the past, a common theme is that they don't have a very successful power play. So can Tavares continue that success on the power play is going to be a huge question. And then number two is... Tavares hasn't had a ton of success at 5-on-5. Five five. Now, you could say that about a ton of Leafs players because they've run into good defenses, good goaltending. They've had a, just had a tough time in general. But he only had two 5-on-5 five five points against Tampa last year. I know he had the disallowed goal. Uh, he had one against Columbus, and then he had three against Boston, but only one was primary. So we haven't seen him really go off um, as a Leaf. And he's going to be playing the wing to start. He's going to have a chance to hopefully be in more of an offensively focused role. Um, we saw that Tavares, I mean, it was Marner on the line, but we saw what they did in Buffalo. If that can look like a first line, like a legitimate first line, if Tavares is scoring like a first-line player, which we know he can, I think the Leafs look incredibly dangerous. Um, so, you know, I think we know what to expect from, from Bunting, Matthews, Marner, but those middle six lines... I think are, are kind of big keys because we haven't really seen a ton of it, right? Like, we haven't seen a Kerfoot, Achari, Yarncroke line much. We haven't really seen a Tavares, O'Reilly, Nylander line much. So I have more questions about those lines. How's the chemistry? Can they look like a first line? Because there's a lot of salary on that line, Nick. They should be a, a first line. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I It's, um, but, you know, I, I, I can't... Uh... Can't go against those X factors there. Um, let's quickly go across goaltending. I mean, Samsonov to me has been excellent this year. He's he's kind of definitely deserved to get this spot to be the like bona fide uh, number one starter here. I think Joel Wall has been fine. I think I don't think anyone is really like super scared of him being that backup. Obviously, you don't want Samsonov to go down, but I think he's a viable backup there. Anything big to say about the goaltending before we get into to the, to the Lightning? Not really. I mean, I guess they do have, whether it's Wall or whether it's Murray, if Murray's healthy, like, I'm more confident in their backup goaltending if something goes wrong this year. Like, I do think that Wall could win them a game versus last year it was Eric Shalgren and then, like, Mrazek was hurt. Um, they should have better goaltending, but it's just so unpredictable. Like, this just bounces and everything else. So, yeah, I, I, I think really... Almost any playoff series, you can point to goaltending and say if your goaltender outplays their goaltender, you have a great chance to win. But when it's Vasilevsky and, and you know, when it's Samsonov, who hasn't really had a ton of playoff success, like it's a bit, just prior to this year in general, he hadn't had a, pl- a ton of success. Um, I guess we'll see how it goes. I don't, I don't know if there's anything like, any like crazy insights I have on the goaltending position. I think it's more, when I look at this Leafs lineup, like, you look at their. I like their top line more than Tampa's top line. I like their second line more than Tampa's second line. I think the fourth lines are going to be a bit of a wash. It looks like, and then I don't really know about the third lines, right? Like I think that could go either way. Um, the Leafs don't have Hedman, but Hedman hasn't had the best season, so you know. But it wouldn't shock me if Hedman was just Hedman. Like a lot of these guys just don't care about their regular season at this point. Like. If he was taking the odd <laughs> night off, I wouldn't blame him. Yeah. But, you know, what's Hedman look like on their end? I, I think the big key for the Leafs, Nick, is staying out of the penalty box because Tampa's power play is always going to scare me. 
having Kucherov on one side, having Stamkos on the other side. Point is amazing in the middle of the 1-3-1. Whether it's Sergachev or Hedman on the point, you have a good puck mover. Um, if, if you take penalties against this team, I think Tampa can crush you. I think that power play can get hot at any given moment. So can you stay disciplined? Can you win the power play differential? Can Michael Bunting maybe draw a penalty? That's gonna. What's the over-under on Bunting drawing penalties? It's got to be 0. .5. Are you taking... Like, like, like a penalty? Oh, boy. The whole series. Drawing penalties? Like, in, in, in what, game no, one no, or the whole the, series? So, like, draws a power play. If he draws one, he's taking one. So <laughs> Over-under 0. .5. I'm going to go... I'll, I'll say... I think really? one point five. I think one point five is a good. He's gonna do one. He'll he'll get one. He's too good at it. But I don't know. The refs are uh, the refs are gonna be, you know, kind of moving into the, to the lightning here. Um, the nice thing about this se- season, and knowing that the Leafs are going to play Tampa, is it's kind of given. You know, sometimes when you don't know who they're going to play, you're watching different opponents and you're not really sure who they're going to play. This year, you definitely knew it was going to be Tampa. So definitely been watching a lot more Tampa in the last two to three months. Um, with that, there's also been an asterisk, like you said. like Tampa's been to three straight Stanley Cup finals. Um, it's very much a very similar crew. Like The fourth line's almost the exact same. Stamkos, Kucherov, Point, Kalorn, um, Sorelli. They've lost Colton. They've been to this before, so... Yeah, I don't know how much they've really cared, but you know, I don't think it's something to ignore that this team's virtually been a team that's been outplayed for half the second half of the season. Um, they're close to five hundred for the second half of the season. Their their home away splits are. I don't know if I've ever seen something like this. I actually just tweeted it the other day where they're virtually a top three team at home. The top three teams are Boston, Tampa, and the Leafs in that order. Um, they're, they've been controlling play at home and then away from home, they're 18, 22 and one, uh, below 500, 47% expected goals. They've just been a very interesting team this year. I think home ice is going to be very important. Um, and the other thing is last year, they were a team that very much could make the series very rough and very gritty. And there was a lot of stuff after the whistle. I would say they do that more now. I think they rely on it a lot more now. I think they control play a lot less. And as a result, they, you know, rather than trying to get to their A game, they try to almost like force their opponents to, to play their, their C game or their D game. And I think that's why more than anything, like this year Toronto needs to take care of their own situation. They need to take care of their own game uh, because Tampa's going to really try their best to make this series into a pretty rough one so i think it's gonna be entertaining for us but yeah it's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting on leafs twitter when when there's every after every whistle there's there's some sort of rough stuff yeah i like the leafs five on five defense like just the fact they can go matthews o'reilly uh achari and camp down the middle like four lines you trust and then they have like they've added mccabe um riley's on the third pair so he's not really shouldn't be overexposed too much um, I, I think Tampa's recipe is special teams and goaltending, which is a, a very, it's an easy, you know, thing to see from them because they have Vasilevsky. He can help the penalty kill. Um, we've seen Tampa's penalty kill have plenty of success in the playoffs before. They have an excellent power play. 
Um, I think if they like if you're Tampa, you want to keep scoring low at five on five, and try to win on special teams. Uh, I do think I expect Toronto to kind of win the expected goal battle at five on five, um, but I, I do think that you know Tampa has an edge in goaltending. They have an edge, at least in special teams in terms of like in past playoffs. Um, so that's their I think recipe for success, but. Uh, I wanted to get to some of the other matchups around the league, Nick. Is there one that kind of stands out that, you know, what do you think the best playoff matchup is? What would you watch if all the other series were on at the same time except for Toronto? I think Boston, Boston, Florida is going to be obviously just for the, like, how much it affects the Leafs, especially if they win this round. Um, but I think with Florida, Boston, I'm definitely going to be watching that series because I think if you watch that series only on the scoreboard or on social media, it's going to look like Boston's just going to destroy Florida. But I, I think the games itself are going to be pretty pretty highly contested. I think Florida's pretty underrated this year in general. And I think if they get somewhat of good goaltending, it can be cl- each individual game. I don't think that... I think it's going to be done in like five or six games. Um, I just think each game's going to be somewhat entertaining. Um, other than that, I think Edmonton. I mean... How I mean, when you look at Connor McDavid, I, I think it's going to be a, a very offense-first team in, in Edmonton versus a very good defensive team in, in L.A. Again, I have Edmonton winning that series. Um, but, I mean, anytime Connor McDavid's playing, you, you want to be watching that. But in terms of just very highly contested series, it, it's it's pretty obvious. It's the Jersey Rangers series. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's the, best the best series, series. by far. Um, that is an amazing but, series. I think... I think I just hope Florida can, you know, at least push it to six or seven against Boston. I, I think it's just such a drastic goaltending difference that it's going to be hard for Florida to have a chance. But in terms of, like, expected goals, it is actually pretty close. Florida can score in bunches, so you never know. Like, the, the Kachuk's a star, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't think – I don't love their chances unless they get some sort of crazy goaltending performance. But um, I think the Jersey – Rangers series is going to be crazy. Like, there's just so much, so many entertaining players, and they're just two good teams with high expectations. Like, you look at the Devils. They added Timo Meyer to a lineup that already had Jesper Bratt, already had Jack Hughes, who's been an absolute superstar. They got Dougie Hamilton on the back end. They got Andre Palat, who's had a ton of playoff success. Um, Dawson Mercer is having a really good year. And then you look at the Rangers, and you can kind of go down the list. Like, they added Patrick Kane and... Tarasenko, they already had Panarin, they already had Mika Zibanejad, they already have possibly the best defenseman in the NHL in Adam Fox, who is is very good offensively, to say the least. You know, Trocek's a good player, they have Lafreniere in their third line. Like, that team is entertaining, they're not maybe the best defensively, but that often leads to a, a, a highly entertaining series. So I think that's my number one. And then I think Edmonton versus LA is a good one, Nick, because obviously McDavid's just so fun to watch, but I think LA has a, like a legitimate chance of upsetting them. I think they pushed them to seven games last year. Both teams are better, but LA has been really good kind of, like once they got Gavrikov, he's been an outstanding addition. He's he's kind of surprised me. Again, like I don't know how much I, I can trust the Kings goaltending, especially against McDavid Dreisaitl, but I don't know. If the whistles go away... That could be a competitive series. I think that's really the key because Edmonton's power play is just so good. But if the refs put the whistle away in that series, wouldn't shock me if the Oilers were upset. Yeah, 
I, I think this it's it's a weird year though because the East matchups are the East is just so stacked and then when you look in the West it it just feels like like it's kind of Edmonton versus Colorado. It does. Um, obviously anything can happen, but I don't know Vegas. I don't know Vegas like, and Dallas. I think are definitely in there. Dallas is quite good. Yeah, that, that's. I think good. the West. What's interesting about the West is like any team could make the final, like. They don't have a Boston that they have to, like. It'd be sh- I'd be shocked if Florida made the final because they have to go through Boston and then one of Toronto, Tampa. Versus in the West, it just feels like anyone has a chance because they don't have like a crazy hard matchup at any point. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I um, I think I think Jersey Rangers is on the same night as the Leafs Tampa though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that's uh... that's yeah, that's tough. Um, okay, so I have every year I usually tweet out right before the Leafs series. I actually haven't done it for this year, but uh, just like a little se- uh, predictions, fill in the blanks. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. I need an answer because at the trade deadline, you didn't give me a prediction. So this one, you need to give one. Um, series outcome between Toronto Tampa. We'll start with that. I'll go Leafs in six. I think they're, I think they're better. Eventually the Leafs are going to play in a series. that's not seven games. So I mean, <laughs> that hasn't happened since the Washington. So let's say at least in six they win at home. No, they went on the road. They're on the road, yeah. I, I I'm actually debating between five and six as well. I also don't think it's gonna go seven. I think the Leafs five is a little ice. bit much though. Like that's... Well, I think the difference is are they gonna lose a game? Like I, I think Vasilevsky's gonna steal one, games. I think. Yeah, I, I, I kinda see it going them winning the home games and them splitting in Tampa. I, I just don't know if it's just a coincidence how bad they've been on the road. Also, last year the the home in a ways was pretty different. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go, but five seems a little bit la- like too little. But I also, it's Tampa, I'll go six two. Man, it's yeah. Tampa. Yeah, I'll go six two. But then they gotta win two road games. But that's fine. Um, okay, next one series MVP. Series MVP. I'm gonna go. I mean, I, I don't think you go goaltender because that's just so. I don't know. The goaltender's always the MVP. It's a safe pick. It's a safe pick, yeah. But I'm going to go with another safe pick, and that's Matthews. Like, I, I think he hasn't really been his self this year. He looked really good kind of for a little stretch down the, at the end there, but that guy is uh, capable of some great things. We haven't really seen him go off like McDavid did last year, but I think he's capable of it. So I, I'm going to say this is his year to, to break out. Yeah, I'm going to go Mitch Marner. Um, I just think he's been the best Leaf this year from start to finish. I think that last year um, I thought he was fantastic in the playoffs, even in the Game 7 when they were losing. Um, Marner was fantastic. He really tried everything to get them back in that game. So I'm going to go Marner here. I just think this is his year. But next one we're going to go is is biggest pleasant surprise. And this could be on, on either end, by the way. This no, could obviously be on Tampa it. side too. We're not taking Tampa. <laughs> Biggest pleasant surprise. I'll go. This is going to be a bit of an odd pick. I'm going to go Morgan Riley just because he is taking so much criticism. There's so many questions about the third pair right now. Um, I'll be honest. I don't know what way it's going to go, but I wouldn't be surprised if you know he gets easier minutes because he's not in the top four and he really drives offense. So. I don't know. Maybe it's it's too much optimism, um, but I I think he could kind of be. He has shown an ability to elevate in the playoffs before, so I'll go I'll go Riley. Oh, this is a tough one because I think 
I'm kind of going in between. Like, I want to go with, like, a Jake McCabe because I think this is just a perfect s- a series for him to, to really put his foot down. But I, I don't think that's a pleasant surprise. I think that's just something where... So no. I'm actually going to go Cali Yarncock. Um, I think that okay. he's one of those guys that, that... I just love that shot. And obviously, it's been going in. So anytime pucks are going in, we're going to be talking about how good a shot is. But... Um, I mean, this is a guy who's been to, has played quite a few playoff games throughout his career, especially in Nashville. So um, I know he did, wasn't very wasn't very good for, for Calgary or he was a little bit below expectations, but I just feel he's one of those players that is going to score a big goal or, or you know, really chip in offensively, especially if he's playing with O'Reilly when the game's getting in Tampa. So I'll go Cali Yonkrock. And then here's biggest disappointment. So here's where you can use Tampa if you really want. I think... I'm going to go... Oh, I don't know. Okay, you go first. got to think of this one. You know, I... It's funny because my other pleasant surprise, like the close runner-up was going to be Michael Bunting. Yeah. And now I'm considering him for biggest disappointment. Like, for, for, he, he's healthy this year. You know, last year he missed game one. He was... He missed a few games actually at the end of the last season. And, and he never really looked like himself in the series last year. Um, to me, he was always a player that seemed like a playoff type guy he scores in front of the net he's not shy of of you know getting in the rough stuff we saw him get into his fight first fight last year um that would be my biggest pleasant surprise for the Leafs if it wasn't for the way he's kind of getting treated by refs right now so I'll go with him for biggest disappointment because I just think he's kind of being set up for for failure right now with with you know he's a player who needs to play on the edge that's what brings him that's what brought what brought him to the show that's what makes him so valuable to, to be in that top six. So um, if he gets treated unfairly and, and keeps getting these offset and minors for not really doing anything, then I, I think he's kind of getting set up for you know kind of a rough series. Okay, I'll go optimistic and say Victor Hedman because he hasn't had the best year. I think expectations are still sky high for a player of his caliber, and hopefully just the struggles kind of continue. So yeah, he, he's, he's, he's kind of been their version of Morgan Riley this year. A little like bit. Very high. Yeah, very high event minutes. Um, gets caught quite a bit, but you know, just from watching them, Hedman, like his care meter seems very low. Like he's like lower than most. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hope, hopefully that's not true. Hopefully he, he can't turn the switch. But but yeah, it's gonna be. I think this is gonna be a really good series. Let's go series by series here, and then we'll we'll uh, head out of here. But so we just had the Leafs. What are you doing in Rangers Devils? Oh, I've been going back and forth in my bracket. I'm gonna go Rangers in seven, but I really hope for the. Uh, I really hope just for. Just for the, I, I I would love to see Jersey in the second round. Yeah. So I'm gonna go, but I'm gonna go Rangers in seven. Yeah, I'm gonna go Rangers in seven too. It's just Shesterkin, right? And yeah. But I think the Devils are better if it's just like it's just, the goaltending wise, I gotta go Shesterkin, and it's such a it's it's close enough that I think he'll give him the edge. Uh, I'm going to go Boston in five. I went Boston in six. Okay. I almost want to pick the Islanders against Carolina. I I hate that series, and I love that series so much. It's uh, I'm going Carolina in six. That's a, that's just a good hockey team right there. I, I'll go Carolina seven. Yeah. I think that's going to be close. Like, Barzell's coming back, mm-hmm. and the Islanders have Sorokin, and they're a good PDO team. Yeah. The power, their power play sucked for most of the year. Like the Islanders are not a bad team. I was hoping they'd play Boston. Yeah. Um. Let's go to the West. I think 
Edmonton in seven. I think it's going to be closer than people think. I, th- I felt that last year when uh, Edmonton and the Kings. I actually had the Kings last year in seven, and I was wrong about that. But um, after seeing McDavid last year and, and the way he played in the playoffs, the way he pretty much carried Edmonton to the to the conference final, seeing how he's played this year, I've, I've just never seen something like this. I'm going to go Edmonton in six. And I also like that they yeah. added um, – now I'm blanking, but uh, on the back end. Ekholm? Yeah, Ekholm. I, I think it's just a perfect fit. So I'll go, I'll go Edmonton in six. Okay, Colorado, I'll say six. Seattle could score at 5-on-5. Five five. They're really good offensively, but I just don't trust their goaltender. Yeah, I'll, I'll go five there, Colorado. Okay, Dallas, Minnesota. I feel like I need an upset, so I'm going to go Minnesota in seven. I have, I'm have. i just reading off my bracket here. I had Dallas in seven. Yeah, I mean, I think Dallas is better, but... You need one. I, I, need, I need one. Yeah. And then Vegas, Winnipeg, I think is a wicked series. I think that's a really close series, surprisingly close. So, what are you going? I, I'm going Winnipeg here. Winnipeg in six. Okay. Yeah. That's yours? I, I like the bringing back the whiteout. Good crowd. I think that's going to be a great series for, for anyone who's watching, just because the crowds are really good in that series. I'm going to go Vegas in seven, because Vegas has the X Factor. You know the X Factor is, Nick? Phil the Thrill. Castle. Yeah, that's uh, the Iron Man. But one, mm-hmm. one thing about this year is it, it's very much like a possession versus goaltender series like you look at every series mostly every series like the Leafs are probably going to control possession yeah Vasilevsky is the better goalie Sorokin uh, Carolina's probably going to control yep Sorokin then you look at Jersey versus Vasilevsky yeah sorry over against uh, Shesterkin yeah. um you can kind of go around like I'm trying to look here yeah actually mostly in the east I mean in, in Boston Florida like Allmark's really good so um but Florida, Florida technically has been a better possession team than Boston this year. But I guess we'll see with that one. But yeah, it'll be interesting. All right. A lot of hopefully we can do a couple post game podcasts. I'm gonna be doing report cards for the first couple games. But maybe we'll get one out, and then we'll definitely get one out at the end of the series, one way or another. Hopefully it's a positive one. We've kind of done the first round loss podcast a few too many times. Maybe we, we're, we're very good. Yeah, at maybe it. we'll just we, put yeah, the, we'll re-air the one from last year and just hope no one knows. Yeah. We'll be uh, very rusty at if they win. Yeah, I don't know what to do. It's gonna be weird. I know. I was I was ten years old last time. I'm outing my age here, but yeah, I like how we both didn't say seven, so we don't have to watch a game seven because it's gonna be too stressful. So, Leafs in six. That's you heard it here first. But thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see everyone hopefully after some Leafs playoff wins.